friends welcome to better than journaling i'm adia and i'm aisha we are two mental health professionals journaling out loud analyzing our own thoughts and feelings this is not about us giving you mental health advice we're just having our own existential crises one episode at a time so you don't have to so get comfy and fill your teacup with whatever it is you drink because it's time for an episode of better than journaling Hi, Miss Aisha. Good afternoon, Miss Adia. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I am surrounded by plants in various state of repotting. Uh, so I have uh, some work in front of me, but I'm excited about it. Uh, feels good. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm still snuggling with a pup who's being so quiet. Yes, I am. This is... My favorite is Pit. There is another uh, puppy who is in a kennel in the room next door and who will probably start crying at some point, but we're going to just leave that to be a problem for later, idea. <laughs> right now, me and Miss Luna are doing great. How are you doing? She's cute. She looks super relaxed. I'm good. I'm good. It's It's been a relaxing weekend. I had some, I got a facial yesterday and Ooh, you fancy. I'm fancy and started using some new uh, products. I think I told you last week that I was like, oh, dark circles. I need to sleep seven hours or whatever. Well, it's been like a week and a half now. And I've been going to bed before 11 o'clock. And, you know, <laughs> apparently that makes me significantly less jumpy, significantly less bitchy. I'm just a better human. Yeah. I really should have been doing this all along. And your dark circles are... Non My dark circles are non-existent. Look at me. Look at me. Uh -huh. I don't even have any makeup on. Picture so. health. Yeah. No, I, de I definitely feel better drinking a ton of water and moving my body. I feel pretty good. I feel really good, actually. That's fantastic. I'm glad to hear it. Did you do anything fun this weekend? Uh, it's crazy to have to like pause and think that hard, like about right. yesterday and today. <laughs> um no nothing that stands out I bought oh I bought a Dyson vacuum that was pretty fun it feels really adult but also times. I'm super excited about it because the suction was amazing <laughs> my rugs are <laughs> so clean <laughs> I'm so happy about it this is the thing so, you get excited about when we get to our is. age I'm not even ashamed of it like it's really it was a great investment it works and I'm very happy about it I'm very happy about all of the features. So, yeah, <laughs> that's, I that's made something a, fun I, I made did. a significantly less, uh, less large investment. And I bought a little mini cosmetics refrigerator for all of my, because I am, I am into taking care of my skin at this moment. And I tend to spend a lot of money when at a particular moment I'm interested in something. So right now I'm interested in my, my skincare. So I bought myself a little refrigerator a cosmetics refrigerator. I just put it up in my bathroom yesterday and all of my creams and serums and sunscreen and all of that is in this little refrigerator getting nice and cold. Oh, it feels good. great on your face when it's cold, by the way. Oh, okay. And I hung out with some friends yesterday and we, we went to like some candle making shop with these like ridiculously overpriced candles. But you know, it was for the experience of making your own candle you know putting your scents together and making your own candle or whatever so it was fun had some real good food 
I'm good. I'm in a good mood. That's dope. I'm not even, so it's a restaurant I'm not even and a camp? No, different places. So we went oh, to this okay. cool restaurant that had the best Brussels sprouts. Oh my gosh. I mean, it had other good food too, but the Brussels sprouts were so good. But um, yeah, I had this, I also had this uh, like espresso martini. Mm. It wasn't even noon, girl, by the time we got there because we went for lunch, <laughs> but it was so good. And I went to a wedding on Friday night. So yeah, oh it's been a good weekend. <laughs> yeah, I'm in a good mood. It's been a good weekend. <laughs> Been a well that's weekend. wonderful i'm glad that's that is good to hear that is good to hear you've uh it's definitely wedding season because this is like the second wedding you've been to in 30 days i think in like so, a month yeah. yeah yeah that's good good stuff and they were good. both outdoors and this one it was sprinkling when we were driving there we're like oh my gosh she's probably freaking out but she was super chill and not tripping about weather but it, it ended up being fine by the time the wedding part started I heard somewhere that that's supposed to be like good news if it rains on your wedding day. It rained on my wedding day. I mean, good good luck. That's the word. Good luck, yeah. It rained on my wedding day, but not at the wedding, just earlier in the day. And my wedding was outside as well. So 20 long years ago. I was going to say, you just had a a 20-year anniversary, right? I did. I did. 20 years. Both of us are still standing, sometimes (laughs) badly, but we're here. That is a, that's an amazing achievement for sure. We are here. Yeah. But you know, it's been on my mind. What's been on your mind? Our new about to be Supreme Court Justice, Katanji Brown Jackson. Katanji, Miss Brown Jackson. You're right. Judge Katanji Brown Jackson, about to be Supreme Court Justice. Back on her name. I put some respect on my name. I hear you. Put some respect on her name. And it just, like, what comes to mind for me is that when that happened, when the confirmation happened, on Thursdays, I pick up my daughter and her best friend and her best friend's little sister from school. And I usually take them to, like, a little lunch. It's because my daughter and her best friend have a choir practice, like, an hour and a half after school. So I pick them up. I take the three of them to lunch. I drop off the little sister at home and then I take the girls to choir practice. So the day that she got confirmed um, was a Thursday. And the first thing I thought was, I'm gonna pick up the girls today. And my daughter's best friend is black and her, her sister obviously is also black. Maybe not obviously, but my daughter's best friend and her sister are black. And I was like, I'm gonna pick up the girls today and I'm gonna take them to lunch. And I can't wait to tell them about this. And it just got me thinking about about how important it is to have role models that look like you, you know? And as excited as I was for this event, as excited as I was, because I don't know if I ever told you that when I first went to college, my intention was to go to law school. And then I changed my mind. It's a long story about why I changed my mind. But anyway, I changed my mind. But I had always wanted to be a lawyer. I did an internship when I was in high school under a judge. And actually she was a black woman as well but Judge Veronica Simmons Macbeth in Los Angeles County Courts. Um, I did a little internship under her. I went to, went to lunch with her and um, Judge Ito, which was- Oh, the, really? Yeah. Well, who was that guy? The, Is the, that, yeah. O.J. Simpson. Yeah, the O.J. Yeah. Simpson trial. So I went to lunch with the two of them at some point uh, when I was in my internship. But anyway, point is, I'm going off on a tangent. 
my point is, as excited as I was for this like historic moment, the thing that I could not wait to do was tell these three little black girls that are eight, well, one of them is nine, my daughter's eight and the little one is seven, to tell these little girls that somebody that looks like them, dark skin with dreads. And they and all three of them happened to have braids that day, um, was going to the Supreme Court. And it was so exciting. And it just got me thinking about this idea of representation and how important it is to be able to see people that look like you and how that that makes it seem like things are possible that you might not have thought of as possible. And I think that as we were growing up, I don't know, I don't know if it was talked about, you know, in terms of people of color being in, in um, you know, positions of authority, but it was certainly talk, talked about where, you know, oh, there's a woman this and a woman that. And it was like, oh, okay, that's, that's a message to young women that that's possible. I remember thinking when I would see somebody say, you know, this kid's going to be the first black president or something like that. Right. And this kid's like four. I'm like, you mean we're not going to have a black president for like 50 years because you're talking about this four year old is going to be the, you know what I mean? So yeah, anyway, I'm rambling, but what, what comes to mind when you think about representation and how, how have you felt and what can you remember about uh, being able to look up to somebody that looked like you and, and feel excited about it. You know, um, a lot of good things were just said. And I have a, the, you know, people, you can't see it, but I have a pretty big smile on my face just thinking about like the, the excitement that it sounds that you felt to be able to uh, share this. And I don't know, maybe spark some inspiration and um, hope in these young girls and sharing this kind of monumental occasion uh, with them and there were not conversations of like specifically around like progressive social or political issues really in my household uh growing Mm -hmm. up Mm -hmm. um I don't recall anything of that nature really happening I know that um the idea of like a, a woman president was something that was kind of exciting for me. And I do remember those conversations as maybe like a very young adult um, and just how preposterous it sounded to hmm. uh, lots of, I don't know, I would say white people, uh, male and female, whether they be peers or colleagues that may have been uh, part of the conversation. But for myself, when I think about who I've looked up to or when I started looking at someone and where representation really felt like it mattered, I don't recall really having those thoughts or ideas as a young person, um, as, a, as a child, or even as an adolescent. I don't remember feeling like I was looking for or wanting a specific role model that looked like me, maybe just someone in general who had achieved something that maybe I wanted to orient myself towards. I definitely think now that my mom was a huge role model for me, mm-hmm. um, considering a lot of the characteristics and the um, patterns uh, that I kind of maintain for myself right now. I, I see so much of her uh, in me and I do admire her accomplishments and her 
just the path, just, yeah, just the accomplishment, what she's been able to accomplish on her own um, as an immigrant woman. Um, but now I realize that representation matters to me more um, as an adult than it ever has in, in, in my upbringing, in my childhood, in my young adulthood. And now I recognize so frequently when there's a lack of representation and where I find myself, I do look towards other professionals um, that look like me or share some uh, common identity. And I look to them for, I don't know, for inspiration, I guess, and for, mm -hmm. um, and maybe just even like hope and, and courage to persist and not become overwhelmed by what feels like insurmountable odds. Um, I look for um, uh, like some type of peer shared experience and uh, making of safe space and mutual support of one another. I don't necessarily idolize um, anymore, but I definitely look for, um, I don't know. What's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Just mutual support and respect, I guess, of journey. Like camaraderie? So, yeah, camaraderie sounds, sounds right. Consultation a professional mm -hmm. term I guess but yeah camaraderie I think is more I feel a lot more um I don't know similar I feel like there are a lot more similarities um in my colleagues now even if there's a a, a difference in experience or qualification I feel like I end up feeling like we have a lot more in common than we do have differences than maybe previously I would have thought. Maybe that's what's happened for me as far as representation goes, because I've mm -hmm. become very quickly someone who is a representative for those who are under my leadership or could be under my leadership in, in my full-time job. So I became that representation without necessarily asking or planning for it or, you know, so I think that's, that's kind of what happened at the same time for me is that I became that representation for someone just as soon as I realized that I wanted to have some or wish that I had, had some or realized I had been missing out on some. Yeah, I don't think it was ever something I was looking for consciously when I was young. I didn't doubt that I had the ability to accomplish things um, yeah. when I was young. And I'm not sure why. I think it might be you know, I felt just like you, I looked up to my mom, look up to my mom. Um, and my mom has three sisters and they're all just like super cool badasses and we're doing cool things. And I grew up in South Central Los Angeles and everybody in my neighborhood, almost everybody in my neighborhood was black and lots of people in my neighborhood were also Belizean. So I saw people that looked all of the professionals, the teachers, the police officers, everybody represented the neighborhood. It was not until I moved out of the neighborhood and lived in places where everybody didn't represent the neighborhood. But, you know, although I say I didn't, I didn't, wasn't looking for it. I do remember after I got placed with Judge Macbeth coming home and being like, oh my God, she's so cool and blah, 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 blah. And she's black. Like, I remember mm -hmm. that that was part of that conversation. Mm -hmm. So some part of me thought that that must be weird or unique or special in some way. But my daughter is not growing up 
in a in a time and area and place where most of the people look like her. She doesn't know black professionals that aren't me, you know? And maybe maybe she'll look up to me and that'll be like, "Oh, my mom does great things, so maybe I can do great things too." But um but yeah, there there oh, there was one black teacher in her school, one one black teacher in her whole school. I think there might be less than five black kids in her whole school, you know? There are no black people on our block. There were was no her. black people on our old block. I was her. That was my that was my lived experience, Miss Aisha. A hundred percent. That was her. Mm-hmm. I had one black teacher uh, in middle school. In high school, I want to say probably one of the athletics coaches was black, and mm-hmm. uh, maybe um, somebody on, on school, like not security, but like the the, the stewards that work around walk around campus and have mm-hmm. I don't know walkie talkies and whistles and like where are you at? Where's your pass? That and kind of person. Hall passes. <laughs> exactly that kind of person. Uh, and but he also was you know doubled as like the track coach or whatever was you know African American, but everyone else exactly of course um was not and so yeah I mean I I I don't know didn't have just didn't have a lot of uh black mentorship um or even adjacent mentorship in my childhood at all and definitely didn't grow up in a community that was there were other black people there not until I was like I said high school college maybe you know and so it was like oh hi hello you know um very very white centric upbringing in all of the arenas in my life all of the different areas all the different domains um Mm -hmm. white people were in the majority so but like you said I didn't grow up not thinking that I could achieve whatever I wanted to achieve and I definitely either wanted to be a therapist or a lawyer and still do (laughs) I didn't know so the thing is, this here's my ego speaking. Uh, I never completely wanted to be a lawyer. What I wanted to be was a judge. I just knew that you had to be a lawyer first uh, in order to be, be able to be a judge. But I mean, it just feels yeah. it just feels to me like being able to sit in judgment of people all day. <laughs> like that just feels like living the dream. To get paid to judge people feels like living the dream. But anyway, yeah, I totally wanted to be a be a judge. I used to watch like divorce court and the people's court and yeah. all of those courts, and that was that was what I wanted to be, and that's why I ended up doing that. Uh, and I don't even remember that internship, and I don't even remember if I was intentionally paired with a black judge, but. Mm-hmm. But although I don't think I was looking for it, I know it stood out to me. My my son uh, is autistic, and he's gotten his first black male provider in his entire yeah. life. Like I don't yes. know, two or three months ago. And when I asked him, uh, his his name is Jay, and I was like, "Oh, so you met Jay today? How did it go?" And I I had not met Jay, so I didn't know that Jay was black. And I said, uh, how, "What did you think of it?" And he goes, "He's brown like me." That was the first thing that he said about about it. And I didn't know that this was something that he felt he was lacking, but just right. the same way Judgment Beth, the first thing I was excited to share about her was that she was black. My son was like, she's brown like me. 
So, like me. And I think I think I'm with you. I did not recognize um, the importance of representation. For me, part of it was having a daughter who was going to look around and not see a lot of people that look like her in yeah. her uh, everyday life. Um, but it wasn't until the setting that we work in, you know, all of the service providers, the majority of the service providers are white. The majority of the children are children of color. And yeah. when we walk into families' houses and we look like them, the way their eyes kind of light up, the way they yeah. get excited, the way they yes. open up right away, people will come into the office. Kids will come into the office to see the doctor or something like that. And the staff will be like, oh, you should meet my boss, Aisha. And the kids are like, you're the boss of this whole place. You, you're the person that's in charge here. And it just seems like it blows their mind. They're so excited. So while I didn't necessarily need to see somebody that looked like me to think that I could do something, I can tell by the way that they respond to seeing somebody that looks like them, that there's something valuable there that I took for granted when I was little. And in this particular place where we live, it's just not, you, you can't take it for granted because it's just not nearly as prevalent as it was when I grew up. I mean, that says a lot. And, and I, 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 I too share that experience of going into family homes after they had heard me on the phone um, and them being surprised. I don't know if they would, I don't know if I would say relieved, but definitely surprised. Um, and and rapport coming a lot easier. Um, Way easier. Coming a lot easier. So I am, um, representation does matter. And I do know that that on multiple levels, because in places of standing, you know, or acting as an advocate, representation matters, right? Because when we're not in those spaces where decisions are being made, where power is being utilized, um, those who don't have representation, those that who don't have voices really depend on the people who might be able to speak to their experience and things that would benefit them um, need to be able to speak up, need to be able to portray a different perspective, need to be able to push back on whatever the static, status quo is, especially when it's going to do harm or continue harm or do greater harm that's already been done to those who don't have access, right? To those spaces, to that, to that power, to that agency. And that's another space where I've recognized that representation matters is the places where I have privilege and where I have power and access mm-hmm. to power. Um, mm-hmm. And those who don't, how quickly things can go from okay to not okay for them or bad to worse for them. Yeah. It's another place where this shows up because I think that when when we've heard the phrase, the catchphrase, representation matters, representation matters, recently, at least in the last few years, the focus has been on ethnic representation and and probably even like female representation. But there are Mm -hmm. other places where it shows up as well. Like as the the mom of an autistic child who's moderately impacted by autism to the extent that his communication skills are not great. His Mm self-advocacy skills are not great. I am indebted to and reliant upon autistic adults who have clearer abilities to communicate than my son Mm -hmm. does, to to say what's needed uh, or what's helpful in general in that community. You know, when, when autistic adults say, you know, 
we don't want to be called a person with autism. We want to be called an autistic adult. My son doesn't have an opinion oh. on that at this moment. Yeah. You know, he doesn't have an opinion on that. He's not in, immersed in the community in that way. But I know that in order to be more respectful, um, I'm, I'm going to rely on the experts from that community to say that this is this is this. And people who are impacted by autism in the way that my son is, they're not going to be. He, my son is probably not going to be, at least not in the next few years, lobbying for right. access rights, right? Yeah. But somebody yeah. who understands it has to be able to do that. And in places like yeah. that, in situations like that, representation matters. And that's something that I can't do or be for him. So people right. from his community, from his autistic community, need to be able to do and be that for him in ways that I can't. And, and we need to listen and we need to learn from people who understand it in ways that we don't. You're 100% right. That's an excellent example, I think, uh, in portrayal. And, you know, as an aside, I have absolutely heard you say, like, my, my autistic son, and I've been, like, in the back of my head, like, don't people get mad about that? And now right, it makes a lot of sense to me. Right. Um, and we had been told uh, yes. that we're supposed to do, I can't remember, is it person first? Person language? first, yeah. Right, when you're supposed to say uh, the person with autism. But yeah autistic adults or, or people in the autistic community have said that uh, being autistic is an identity, um, mm -hmm. not, a, not a disability or not solely a disability or something like that. And so uh, those from the autistic community, at least this is what I've heard, and I'm sure that different people have different opinions, but the of loudest course. voices in that community have said they prefer to be called autistic versus person with autism. Mm -hmm. So, which is very different than I feel like I was taught five years ago. I feel it's very different than what I might hear like in a team meeting, pretty or like a training or something even right. now. Like somebody probably would try to correct me either in the comment section or in a breakout group or something. I would receive emails about have. my, yeah. People have, have told me and I'm like, well, I could be wrong, but I'm listening to the voices of autistic people and they have said they prefer to be called autistic people. Mm -hmm. So just like, just like I don't prefer to be called African-American, I prefer to be called black, first of all, because I'm not African-American, I'm Afro-Caribbean, if anything. But also like, this is the, the community that I've heard from has said this and until I hear differently in, in and it might be different for a specific individual. So if there's a specific individual who would like to be called a person with autism, then certainly that's what I'll call them. Yes. Community I large. would like to be referred to as Afro-Caribbean. I just want you to know that. So moving forward, I, if you could please. I shall call you Afro-Caribbean. Thank you. Because that just sounds sexy as fuck. I want you to know. <laughs> Doesn't it's it? very true. <laughs> Doesn't it? Um, what I want to exoticism, exoticism at its finest. You're you got to love exoticize it. Exoticize yourself. My what I life. want to talk about next, uh, we need to take a quick break, but what I want to talk about next is, is that part about like, like I'm, I'm saying that I am benefiting. I am lucky because there are autistic people who are out there saying the things that my son can't say yet. Right. Yeah. I, I'm curious about what you think about what is our role? What is our responsibility? Uh, once we get to, regardless of who we are, whatever that identity is, whether it's our, uh, LGBTQI status, whether it's our race, mm -hmm. whether it's our education, whether it's our uh, neurodiversity status, uh, what is our responsibility once we once we are in a position to represent and to lead and mentor and stuff like that? What's our responsibility? 
So take a minute and think about that. But first, let's take a quick break. Okay, so before we went on the break, I asked, when it comes to representation, there's, you know, there are people who, who end up in, in the eye of other people, whether it be like the major public eye, like, you know, a celebrity or whatever, or whether it be the person who's the manager at a program. But when you uh, are affiliated with or identify with some identity that other people, particularly marginalized people also identify with, do you feel like you have a responsibility to uh, represent or to set a certain example or anything like that? Um, I mean, okay, so me personally, yes, because I was raised with a ton of like guilt and shame around how I should be showing up and behave for sure. So I should try to not be an embarrassment to anyone uh, who would be, uh, you know, affiliated with or associated with me. But that's just me on a personal level. Me as a person in society, do I feel uh, like I uh, represent or speak for other people? There was a comedian who was like, you only had like three choices in my family. You could be a doctor, a lawyer, an accountant, or an embarrassment to the family. <laughs> those, those are the options. <laughs> so as you were saying that, that's what came to my mind. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, like as far as, um, you know, someone who's going to represent the, a larger community or a larger identity, not really. Nobody else has asked me to speak for them mm -hmm. or to represent them. Yeah. To, so yeah. to suppose that I represent the voice, the experience or the interests of anyone else outside of me is quite facetious. Um, and and I on my behalf and lazy uh, on anybody else's behalf, you know. It, um, oh, sure. I think it serves to continue to silence the anyone mm. else who might have a voice or have a different alt an alternative experience than my own, you know. So I think because uh, just even like in the the you know what you declared earlier about your identity is like I don't really care whether somebody calls you African American or Black because neither of them actually matter to me or mean really anything. They're things that we just fucking made up. So um, I want to be the sexiest one, which is Afro-Caribbeana, you know? So um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I um, no, I don't feel a certain level of responsibility or really anything unless someone has specifically asked me or elected me uh, when they know that I'm going to go stand in a place of privilege and, and have access and ask me to advocate for them, then yeah, you know, I try to show up <laughs> in my, in my Sunday best for them and for myself. But outside of that, now nah, I just represent, I'm doing my best to just represent me. And I hope people are only <laughs> looking at me and not judging the rest of any other group of people based on my presentation, because Lord help us all. I know fair point, but I mean, fairly unrealistic point too because you know you know that whether you decide that you're going to be a representative of a community or not people look at us and there's an assumption that we that we lump us together I remember like there would be you know the beginning of the news when they're like you know suspect apprehended in the robbery of blah 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 blah, blah. Uh -huh. and you'd be like please don't be black please don't be black please don't be black please don't be black yes 
<laughs> right, exactly. And that's because we know, we know that the people who, that people who see them will associate that yeah. um, in a way. The whole community, that, yeah. Yeah, like the situation that we're in now at work where there's, you know, lots of leaders and a, a couple of us are women of, well, there might be more than a few women of color, but a couple of us are black women of color that if we get like heated, it's that the black girls don't know how to act in meetings, right? It's usually just me, which is, <laughs> is good for, which is good because you're, you're a good buffer and so, is, so are the others. Yeah. They keep inviting us though. <laughs> yeah. They keep inviting us. And I am, um, and I don't care. I don't care because yeah, the, the Wahites, they get to act all kinds of crazy or just not come at all. Or... <laughs> they, you know, they get to show up as they come as they are, show up as they are, you know, and yeah. say really inappropriate things or become aggressive or passive aggressive. Um, or just be really lackluster and that's okay that's fine you know so um I mean that no. point came up a lot in uh Katanji Brown Jackson's confirmation hearings like how how excellent she had to be to get there had but I think be. that we could be I think that we could be talking about different things because and maybe maybe we're talking about different things because I asked a question that led you down that track but there's representation, like I am standing here being a representative of this community and speaking for them with or without their permission. And then there's representation where you're not doing anything but existing in a visible way. And that is, or not existing, you have to be doing something, you have to be working, whatever, <laughs> accomplishing something in a visible way. And that, that accomplishment and that accomplishment being somehow visible um, serves as a inspiration somehow to a person who uh shares some particularly marginalized identity with you so i certainly don't feel like it's my place to speak on behalf of the black community the afro-caribbean community i mean i can barely speak with confidence on behalf of everybody in my house because they be changing their minds all the time <laughs> so i i'm not trying to be a representative in that way but i would hope that that seeing me, yeah, mentor maybe. Uh, I would hope that seeing me makes somebody who wonders whether or not um, what they want is possible makes them think, oh, well, if this person could do it, maybe I could do it too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do hope. Um, I hope that too. I, I definitely present myself in a manner that is accessible to others. And I am very confident and comfortable showing up in a cheerleader role for uh, lots of you know people who I support, um, my subordinates, whoever. Um, and I, I I I want people to feel empowered. And it, you know my whole reason for coming into this field is like wanting to help people help themselves. You know, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. absolutely, I want to be able to support and uplift people towards their greatest potential. And 
and I've also only recently seen how my presence, my, and how I show up can be part of the gateway for people to be able to actualize their dreams and their desires, mm-hmm. you know, professionally or personally. So I definitely, you know, recognize how representation is so layered that it it's not just a one-time conversation opportunity level of support like it it traces so there's a ripple effect of representation you know um it goes deep um so yeah I, I recognize that for some people they are looking at me as a representative of others and for other people they are looking at me at me as a representative like for themselves, you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and that those can be, can speak completely different messages. So, and also I can just be a whole person, you know, so hopefully they right. can have positive things reinforced and misnomers dispelled. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just feel like Yes, are we whole people? Yeah, we're whole people. And I think that there's always some level of that people will be looking at us as part of a group. We are whole individuals, but we're also part of a group. If I show up to a family function and I'm the only person from my my immediate family, um, when I'm I'm not talking about like my husband and kids, I'm talking about like my mom and her children and partner and husband or whatever. If I show up to some extended family event, and I'm the only person from my uh, nuclear family, I feel like I'm representing that family. If I show up to a job fair, well, actually in a job fair, I'm supposed to be representing the company. But if I show up to a countywide meeting that has lots of people from lots of different organizations, I have to think that something about what I do represents the company that I'm, that I'm representing. If I show up to a mm-hmm. space where everybody there is male or male identified and I'm female or female identified, I have to assume that people are going to make some generalizations about female identified people from how I present in that space. Um, And is it fair? Maybe it's not fair, but it just feels realistic that that's how, that that's how the world is. And I don't want to bow to it, but I also don't want to pretend that it's not a thing either. So then for you, does that, do you find that you do bow to it? You know what I mean? And step into the space of representing whatever identity they have they are uh, acknowledging at that moment Mm. whoever they are I don't want to answer yes to that but I feel like like yes might be somewhat true I don't want to I don't want to admit that maybe I bow to that to a certain extent but I think that it's possible that that to some extent I do I mean honestly representing let's say femalehood, representing femalehood in a good way is also representing myself as an individual in a good way. And obviously, first and foremost, I want to be seen as a competent, confident, smart, whatever, and very, very attractive person, right? There you but go. If that also- I'm going to add that in <laughs> there. I'm that- so glad that came out. Yes. <laughs> if that also happens to make whatever groups you're generalizing to look good, then that's that's a plus feels like a plus at least 
But but do I? Yes, I guess I am less evolved than you, my friend, in that area because I do think about. <laughs> no, seriously, I do think about uh, like how people are seeing me and how people are are viewing me in terms of the identities that I represent. Yeah. And, you know, maybe a piece of it for me is that, you know, there we go again on that, you know, non-binary spectrum for me. Like, I just don't, I don't fit very neatly into any of the boxes, you know, never have. Mm -hmm. And so maybe I don't feel like a super tight allegiance to really any of them in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, and none of them have necessarily served me that well in that way. Right. The racial ambiguity for some people. Um, and then like- these, <laughs> I was gonna say, who's ambiguous about your race? I'm like, feels like everyone that I went to middle school with and maybe wow. high school too. Um, but um, but like the the gender stuff and, and you'll- have to ex excuse the ding 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 that you're hearing in the background but somebody is going in on some food um and that will be luna so hopefully she'll be done soon but please just everyone just bear with is that, her so it, is that her tag hitting the bowl it is it is that's it hilarious is, in fact. yeah it's something um so maybe that's what that is you know like i never felt like too too much of any of those identities were, I don't know, really elevated as super important or central to my accomplishments or my, um, my potential in my upbringing. Um, I feel like it's, it screams louder and louder the older I get. I feel like people make a lot of mention or, or attribute um, either my limitations or my possibilities to some of those identities way more than just my own effort, you know, um, my own raw talent and my own effort that I put into things. So for me, not a lot of uh, what I have been capable of or wanted to achieve or pursue have been based on any of my identities. Um, I, I can see how for other people, that's, I'm so glad you're done. Um, so yeah, I, I, will, I will say um, maybe that's a piece of what's different for me is not feeling like I represent or that I miss, that I even imagine that people are assuming that I represent someone or some other group of people um, and that how I show up will be a reflection of who they are, how they are, what they need um, and how much, how much respect or support or care um they'll get as a as a reflection of how I show up but yeah I can see like the program piece or the organization piece for sure but I don't know no oh, I don't spend I haven't spent a lot of time thinking about those other identities for sure interesting I am now though yeah I wonder if that makes a difference I feel I don't know I would have to think more about that but I don't feel like I walk the line on most of my identities. I feel firmly planted in 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 binary places. So mm -hmm. I wonder if that makes a difference. I would I mean I, I just know. yeah I would assume so because I think like I'm assuming that 
how you present on the outside is how you feel on the inside. And what the assumptions that people make about <laughs> fair, the assumptions that people make about how you present on the outside matches, except for the part about the black or African-American and you actually being Afro-Caribbean. That is just way mm -hmm. off, but, um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, um, yeah, those are the, you can, I think for me, it's probably a lot easier to discount what people have thought or assumed what I was capable, capable of, or what was prescribed of me or expected of me because their assumptions initially about who I was were already wrong, you know? So maybe, and, and they had to accept that they were wrong initially. So for instance, in thinking about like what my capabilities are or were when I was growing up based on being like female and being like, wow, you know, surprised by what I could do. And I just was kind of maybe like stunned or thought that they were idiotic for thinking that there were limitations or that I wouldn't be capable what I was capable of just based on my gender um, and that I never felt limited uh, in that way based on that even though that others other other of my peers did you know or have I wonder if I was free from some of that limitation because I never fully identified you know what I mean as as female or uh, what people I prescribe as female so I don't know I really don't and I yeah go ahead I was just thinking that's funny because I feel very like if there are some stereotypical boy things, like I wasn't an athlete or anything like that, but I like building things. I like doing things with my hand. I, I feel physically strong. Uh, my dad was a construction worker. And whenever I got a chance to help him with anything, uh, except for yard work because of my allergies, I really enjoyed it and I was really good at it. But I didn't think of it as me just being like fluid in my interests, I thought that I was good at blah, 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 blah for a girl, you know? Yeah, like I, yeah. I, I did, I did see myself as doing something that was outside of what I was supposed Exceptional. to be doing. Yeah. yeah. That makes so, a lot of sense to me. It does. I heard that a lot uh -huh. from my peers too, you know? But you didn't hear it from yourself and I heard it from myself. Yeah. I told myself that I was, I was, uh, better at better than this better at this than the boys or I'm really good at this for a girl or I you know a lot of it had to do with wanting to impress my dad and the things that uh that impressed him were yeah, yeah. like mm -hmm. yeah they were like being handy like that was important to him being smart was important to him and I did not necessarily see those things as female or feminine traits but um but it wasn't like I just did this stuff because it would impress him. I did this stuff because I liked it and it impressed him. Yeah. You know, like building things. I like building things and it impresses mm -hmm. him and, it, and it's the way to spend time with him. Yeah, yeah. And maybe because I didn't readily see my dad in any of those roles on a day-to-day -day basis. My mom was the one who did everything. Mm -hmm. She mowed the lawn, she did, she did everything. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Maybe that's another piece of it as well, you know, that nothing in the household was like masculine or feminine because everything in the house was done by all three of the, the, the women, you know, that were in the household. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, we definitely had traditional, stereotypical masculine, feminine roles in the house. And I, shit, I probably still do now in my house now. Mm-mm. No, I'm definitely better at building things than my husband and he definitely cooks more often than me. But again, that's the stereotypical roles, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the gender norm. And yeah. I, I want to I say that again, just in case he listens to this one day. I am definitely more handy than my husband is. My eight-year-old daughter is more handy than my husband is. It will forever be memorialized in this There are people with no hands that are handy. (laughs) Now, girl, he is so bad at these things. I feel like, I'm not gonna say it, it's fine. That's good. That's good. That's good. But he is, you know, like you said, he has other strengths that you appreciate. And so that is what is important. And notice I said he cooks more often than I do. You did. I did not say he was a better cook than I was. I said he cooks more often than I do. He almost had something. Almost. He almost had something. No, he's a decent cook. I'm just also really good. (laughs) I'm just saying. (laughs) Cooking was how I got out of yard work. When I was little. Yes. So funny. Cooking is how I got out of yard work when I was little. So I got decent at it. What matters for you nowadays regarding representation? Um, like I said, it the the biggest thing for me now is that my daughter doesn't wonder whether or not spaces are made for her and I think that the way that people know that spaces are made for them is to know that people people have been there before that are like them right and so obviously every space should be accessible to every person and that that's just that's just a reality every space should be accessible to every person but before the first person climbed Mount Everest everybody assumed that it wasn't doable so somebody Mm -hmm. had to do it first right and my daughter, you know, she's, she's super sweet and super, she's, she's, I was going to say ambitious, but I don't know if that's the right word. She's very, she has magical thinking. Like she just thinks things are possible. Right. And I want that to, I want that to stay, stay a truth for her. Cause I don't know that she has, uh, I don't know that she has like the drive or the work ethic she's eight so maybe she's not supposed to she doesn't have the drive or the work ethic to make that magical thinking a reality um but I just don't want it to be that she looks up and thinks what are the jobs that are made for people like me and that they fall short of what she wants them to be she doesn't I can't imagine her being excited about sitting down judging people all day that's my that's my thing but I just want her to know you know she has a she has a black doctor and I remember the first time she met this doctor, she wasn't our doctor yet, but uh, my daughter just kind of looked up at this woman with her mouth hanging open. The doctor's African, Nigerian to be specific, and she's tall and she's pretty. And my daughter was just like, you can't see me on the podcast, but Adia, you can see me. My daughter's yeah, like her little slack. mouth was hanging open and yeah. she was just like, 
And then she whispers to me, that's my doctor. Like she was just something about that just lit her up. And I knew in that moment, she knew that she could be a doctor. Maybe she doesn't want to, but she can. But up until that moment, she had never met a black doctor. So this woman is now my daughter's doctor and my doctor. I am well into my mid forties. And this woman became my doctor last fall. And it's the first time in my entire life that I've ever had a black doctor. Do I doubt that there are black doctors out there? No, but something doesn't feel real if it feels really distant, you know? And so the idea of a black doctor felt really distant to me until less than a year ago, when for the first time in my forties, I had a black doctor. I've had other women of color doctors and I've had white doctors. Everybody's been great. I've never had a doctor I hated except for the very last one. Um, But it's just not something you think about. I I think it's just not something you think about so much if you don't see it. And like I said earlier in this, in this podcast, when somebody says, you know, to a four-year-old, you might be the first female president, or you might be the first black president. That is saying that that seems like such a reach that you can't imagine that somebody before their time would be, would be that thing. And maybe it's just like something you say to pacify people, but I don't know, when you say to a four-year-old that you might be the first anything, that means that it doesn't seem like something that's going to happen very soon. It also means that it's impossible to do, but you're going to do it. Yeah, I guess it means that, but you're going to be the first one and there will be like millions of people just like you before you that won't do it. That won't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. So I want I want not just my black daughter to be able to see black people in in positions that uh, she could be excited about being in someday, but I want my autistic child to see autistic people doing important things. I want people in the deaf community. I I don't want to say that wrong either, but there's a community around people who want to be called deaf, who want to be called hearing impaired or whatever. Yeah. Um, But I want people from that community to see people in that community doing things that are important Mm -hmm. to them. I want uh, LGBTQI plus youth to see LGBTQI plus adults doing important big things. I, I just think it's really important that that people know that things are possible. And sometimes when someone else has paved the path in front of you, and there will always be those like trailblazers who would have done it with or without, but that's not everybody. Yeah. And so some people need a, need a path that's already trodden. No, I Is agree. that the right use and of that word trodden? I've never used it before, but yes. <laughs> it sounds right, right? Yes, it some, does. Some it sounds 100% need a, right. a path that's already a little bit formed. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's going to be a trailblazer. That's true. Not everybody's going to be a trailblazer. Um, and for most people, community matters too, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. having that mentorship, having those colleagues, having that camaraderie, you know, that I was speaking about earlier. And that's what's important to me these days is um, camaraderie, that having that that community that can identify, can validate, can um, challenge, can, I don't know, evolve with, you know, and and make our voices louder together, I think. So mm-hmm. what do and we want to leave? That is more oh, important to me right now. 
Yeah, I, yeah, and we do need to wrap up, but that's more important to me right now, not to be a figurehead that's an inspiration to people, but to be an accessible mentor to people yeah. who feel like they need something yeah. or someone similar to them to say, how did you navigate the yeah. things that are hard, that are currently hard for me? Like, do I want to be inspirational? Sure, that'd be great. I would love for people to be inspired, but more than that, I want to be helpful. So yeah. if there are people who are, in a situation or who are where I used to be mm-hmm. and I could help them get to where I am. If that's where they want to be next, then I want to yeah. do that. I want to be yeah. more helpful than I want to be inspirational. Likewise. What you heard Aisha and I saying is that we want, we're looking for a fight. So like if you fight, you, know, you <laughs> fight, you need to fight. We're the ones who want to fight. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> what do you want to leave the people with today? Um, I don't know. What do I want to leave the people with today? I want to leave the people thinking about uh, the idea of of representation from both sides. Uh, Who are the people who in your life made you feel uh, like you could do more than you might have thought you could if you didn't see them doing it? Um, And to the extent that you are interested in and willing to be an example, who are the people who need to see you doing something uh, to inspire them? or need your help mm. uh, to motivate or support them. Because you can't always go to the well to drink. Sometimes you gotta be the one bringing the water, which, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's- um, What about you? That's important. You know, for me, I'm wondering, you know, similar to, you know, what I shared today for people who maybe feel like they've experienced representation and at least maybe one of the identities that they, that resonates for them. What about other identities that you hold where you don't feel like you have seen representation that you were mm-hmm. either looking for, or maybe now upon reflection realize um, would have been meaningful for you or valuable. Um, what have you done in times where you didn't have the representation that that you were looking for or would have wanted to benefit from? What did you do instead? Um, what did you notice? Was that a hindrance for you? Did you did you blaze a trail, you know? Yeah, I'm encouraging folks to reflect on times where maybe some of their identities have been represented and others others have not. What have, what have you done with that experience? How that, has that impacted you? Think about what we've asked things about what we've shared and share with us, please reach out, connect with us, uh, drop us a comment, leave a message. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. All right, Miss Adia, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you, Miss Aisha, likewise, and I will talk to you soon. All right, friend, take care. Now you know that was better than journaling. If you liked us, give us a five-star review and share us with the rest of your friends.